This is Leonard Fournette, and you listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here of course with Byron Lambert. Um, it's a big episode of the podcast. Most of you guys are going into your drafts this weekend and want to encourage you that if you haven't already, go to RosterWatch.com, get the Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet products. They will guarantee you an expert quality draft by following the three simple rules. Also, make sure and read if, if at the time Ezekiel Elliott has not signed back with the Cowboys, make sure and read the addendum up on the ticker there at rosterwatch.com. We'll get to all of that stuff. First, another quick reminder, it, we're only, Byron, we're only six reviews away from our 400 that we were shooting to get to during this preseason. Uh, once we get to those 400 reviews, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will be giving away a few pro memberships at rosterwatch.com to those who left reviews and also left their Twitter handle, their Instagram handle, whatever. So, um, wait, wait, when did I agree to that, Alex? (laughs) Hey, you, you, you might've forgotten, but you definitely agreed way back in July. So, um, thanks to you guys who have all, uh, who've all given us ratings and reviews. We only need six more. So let's get past the finish line here, right? As we're getting to this uh, last big weekend of fantasy drafts. With that said, Byron, I thought today we could just kind of go through and just do like an overview of sort of how we're seeing drafts fall. Of course, all final decisions always go to the cheat sheet, but maybe we could go just round by round. And each round, you can either choose a player who it seems like you're getting a lot of in the simulations that you've been doing or a player who you just do not like and you think is overvalued. Uh, Maybe just to give a little bit of a primer for people who might be listening to this on their way to their drafts or people who are doing any last minute research and study just to you know give a little bit of insight as to where our builds are sort of taking us so with that let's just let's get started here at um in the first round uh, we're going on a half point ppr scoring here from uh, the adp from the fantasy pros draft wizard where um, all these you know tens of thousands of mock drafts and people practicing for their drafts are taking place right now Anybody stick off the pace to you, Byron, as somebody in the first round who you are either getting a lot more of than their ADP or somebody who you're just not getting much of at all? I think it's a pretty rock-solid first round, a lot of really good players. I mean, when I look at it, the guys I'm personally maybe most goosey about right now would be Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, and James Conner. And not necessarily that I don't like those players. They're all excellent fantasy prospects. Those are probably just the three out of the top 12 that I have the most personal reservation about. Why do you have reservations about James Conner when it's become pretty clear by now that Jalen Samuels shouldn't pose a threat? I don't know, man, just because he kind of came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, I mean, I get it. He wasn't it. a prized prize. He was really good though. He was really, really good last Understood. year. He was he he was he was Le'Veon Bell. It's all relative too. It's like relative to the other guys there. Again, I I like James Conner. Just when I look at all the other guys there, I just say, man, I feel more comfortable with you know Nick Chubb or Le'Veon Bell or Michael Thomas or Julio Jones for might be a maybe some strange completely irrational psychological bias that's just my personal evaluation or personal feelings not even so much of an evaluation for mine is he i mean my my fade here in this one i like all these players i would take all of them the one that i'm never getting in the first round and that the simulations of the ppr cheat sheet won't be taking in the first round is michael thomas um he's just right here at the very end and that's just simply because i like odell beckham better I like um, – there's a lot of – I mean, I like Dalvin Cook better. I like – think I like – I certainly like Odell Beckham better. I certainly like Julio Jones better. And um, I guess Julio is does have a first-round ADP himself. But Odell Beckham and Dalvin are going after Michael Thomas, maybe even Juju I would want to take before Michael Thomas. And the reason is it's just that the, that the volume in that passing offense has gone down a little bit. And also just if you look over the course of the last two years – Michael Thomas busts at about a 30% rate in standard leagues, 30.55% and uh, 19.44% in PPR leagues. So that's less than seven points in standard, less than 10 points in PPR. Whereas Odell Beckham, like just say PPR, he only busts at a 12.5% rate. Um, And comparing to like Julio and stuff, you take Michael Thomas's 19.4 compared to Julio's, you know, 11.7. 11.7. Devontae Adams is actually a 17 percenter. DeAndre Hopkins, unbelievably, only busts 3.12 percent of the time in, in, in both of those categories. And the monster upside just really, you know, Julio Jones has the same monster upside for 20 and 25 plus game, 20 and 25 point plus games. Odell Beckham has had basically the same upside with a much, much worse quarterback. Now he's moving to a system where he gets to he gets to have Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield. So I think for me, uh, Michael Thomas is a guy who I value more as an early to mid second round player and a guy I'm fine with having as my wide receiver one. But I do not believe he belongs in front of Odell Beckham or in front of Juju. All right, let's look here at number thirteen through twenty four, and I'll just read them off for everybody. It's like o- Odell Beckham, Dalvin Cook, Juju, Todd Gurley, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon. Mike Evans, Damian Williams, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, and Antonio Brown. I mean, the only guy I'm not, yeah, the only guy I'm not real juiced up about is Todd Gurley, just because to me, there's so many other good options. It's just a situation I'd prefer to avoid. I can understand the Matthew Berry type arguments for why he's so, you know, extraordinarily undervalued currently and such, but that's just not where I'm at on it. What is is Barry's argument? Just that if you cook up everything Todd Gurley's done over the last few years and even you scale it back by a little bit, it still makes him a very, very good option and that he still believes he's the guy in the red zone and on a good offense and that also maybe his situation is being a little bit overblown the markets overreacted so that's fine if you're in that camp and i it's i'm not going to necessarily make a, a vehement argument against it. it's just todd Gurley is a guy a player for me with so many other good players i'm interested in in the first couple rounds of drafts i've just been hands off with no need to take the risk you know i heard jeff ratcliffe on sirius xm yesterday 
it's funny how everybody has their different, you know, quote unquote, big picture draft strategies or their doctrines or their rules that they go by. And, you know, he just said in fantasy drafts, you do not need to take a chance early in your draft. You just don't. It's a bad strategy. You don't take chances early in your fantasy draft. You know, I tend to agree with it. I've, I've maybe never expressed it in that exact, you know, manner, but he's right. And so I feel like there's unnecessary risk you're taking with Todd, Todd Gurley there. There certainly could be quite a bit of upside. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey, maybe the other guy there, just because I never take tight ends that early in my draft. Yeah, I I mean, I, I see a few – like, I love Barry. I think he's great. I see a few flaws in that, though, because like, I talked about this on Sirius this week. It's like it, it, we can't just say, like, give me 75% of Todd Gurley and that's fine because in order to get to 75% of Todd Gurley, we need to get Todd Gurley in the mass volume situation he used to be in wherever he got better and better through each run of every single game, Right. So if you give him 75%, it isn't like you're getting the aggregate of everything that was and just cutting 70, cutting into 75% of that and taking that as your final product. It's like you don't know if you're ever going to get on the pace to get to the 100% that he was at whenever you're only getting up to that 75%, wherever you know a certain amount of production could come in that final 25% as he's dusting off games, whereas he's getting stronger as the defense gets weaker and, and stuff like that. And I also think if they're worried about him and they want to keep him healthy, I mean, is it already, is it just a, is it just a given that they're going to give him the football down on the goal line where you take the hardest pounding? I mean, those are just, I think those are legitimate questions that you, that you could raise with, with Todd Gurley. I think that with my, definitely the guy who I'm getting much more of than, um, much, much more of than, um, you know, and this ADP on Dalvin Cook has really moved up now to where we're talking about the, you know 2.02 overall. But it seems like we're still getting a ton of Dalvin Cook in these simulations. I certainly love that. Not only for the reason I guess I'm gonna I guess I, now I have to make the running back handcuff tool because of course Trashman didn't make it in time for this last weekend of draft. So keep an eye out on the site for that. But you you can you can handcuff Dalvin Cook with Alexander Madison for very very cheap. And if you're at all worried about his durability, um, that's a good high efficiency yield handcuff and one that can be had cheaply. And we'd love to be able to get these players when we can get such cheap insurance. It isn't like a, you know, drafting an Alvin Kamara and wanting to insure him with an expensive Latavius Murray or, God forbid, making the dumb move of trying to handcuff you know Chris Carson and Rashad Penny where you might end up having, you know, a player on your hands that isn't as much of a handcuff as a dude that is more of a one B that could be biting into your starters work. That's not the case with Dalvin and Alexander Madison. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I'm all in on Dalvin cook. He's my favorite player in round two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's my favorite player in round two as well. All right. Round three, as far as the uh, ADPs is Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones, carry on Johnson, Zach Ertz, Adam Thielen, Leonard Fournette, Devonte Freeman, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon now up into third, late third round consideration with some positive news lately. I mean, positive speculation. I guess it's not news. And then Brandon Cooks. So this is easy for me. I'm getting all the Leonard Fournette. I'm, I'm happy taking him at the end of the second round. If I'm picking early, um, I'm picking fourth in a draft. That is tomorrow night, the Byron, one of our more important home league drafts. And I know I'm going to have to be taking Leonard Fournette there right before you pick. Uh, because if I don't take him there, you're certainly going to be getting him with one of your next couple picks. Uh, he's set up to be an absolute beast this year. There's absolutely nobody behind him. 
well, wait a second. I'll be taking him when I'm ahead of you in the third round. So you're going to take him in your second round? Yeah, I'm taking him with my second round pick. God if, if, damn it. If, if he's there. If, if he's there for sure. Son and um, <laughs> at least I'm letting you know in advance so you can plan otherwise. I had to fucking put up with all that bullshit last year and my most one of my most prized – possessions in all fantasy you're going to reap all the rewards the year after <laughs> all the this? travels and travails i've done traveling this country getting ids and interviews you know, just just hunting stalking leonard fournette down for roster watch nation over the years and you're finally going to get all the glory alex that hurts bad he's a, he, he's he's a, sniped yeah he's a year well i i, I could no, and that'll be fine um he's a year off from all the ankle stuff right people are worried it was, it was a hamstring last year like he's a year plus away from any of that foot stuff. So Leonard Fournette, we should finally see him unleashed this year. How about you? Is that your guy for the, for round three? Yeah, it's the Leonard Fournette show. A lot of Devontae Freeman as well. I mean, certainly can you – know, again, like you always say, Alex, once you're to this point in the draft, even these guys are not perfect prospects. You have some concerns about workload, upside, and durability with Freeman and the fact that you really can't – handcuff and maybe ito smith is going to work as a handcuff maybe not it's far That's from clear too, too weird far right? far from clear so there is some liability with freeman of course but that's a player that represents I mean, he has, a ton he has, of value he has, RB1 like in all of fa- he, he has he has upside to be rb1 in all of fantasy i mean he's 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 been rb1 in all of fantasy in a given in the last, in the i'm last not sure he's going to get the workload for that to happen but it, it look there's nobody else back there so conceivably it could be a little bit of an outlier where he holds up and they just feed him all look and freeman's one of those players even with his issues and his little bit of not diminutive he's a still a a big powerful dude but you know relative to somebody like a fournette he's a guy that also gets a lot better with volume and he's the best and he's in as far as speaking of volume Basically, the highest volume running back as far as his team's touches inside the five-yard line over the course of the last few years. They love giving him the ball down there when he is healthy, where they hated giving Tevin Coleman the ball. And what do you, you think know, about the Falcons' him. O-line, Alex? Well, we'll have to see how we'll, we'll have to see how the two rookies look. I mean, we definitely like them both, and they got McGarry back at practice, what, two weeks ago? So, I mean, it should, I think he said he was tired of sitting with his thumb up his ass or picking it. Dude, dude, those guys are awesome. Like, they're big old toilet clogging offensive linemen, big, the big nasties. Um, all right, let's move on here to round four, where we start with Marlon Mack, who's taking a precipitous fall, Chris Godwin, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton, and the guy, another guy's taking a fall. Robert Woods, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Watson, and Sony Michelle. I think my main interest here, I mean, we've been getting a lot of Derrick Henry here in the fourth round, and I think that in the fourth round, it's fine, right? In the fourth round, I think it's fine. I think that's where the nervousness that I have about how, let's talk about a shitty offensive line. They looked terrible without Taylor Luan in there. Um, in the in that last preseason game, Marcus Mariota's taking safeties. He looks like he just sucks. I don't care if he has a tingly hand because of his elbow or not. He just does not look any good. And he says he's not worried about how bad the team has looked in this preseason, which actually worries me. The one thing that could hold Derrick Henry – there are two things that can hold Derrick Henry back. One, he's not given the volume that he deserves and that they've said that they're going to give him. 
And two, the, the offense just sputters and is in terrible game scripts, and they just need to have a guy like Deion Lewis back there, you know, catching the football out of the backfield and, you know, a constant four-minute offense that they have to play through the whole, you know, second and fourth quarter of football games. Yeah, I'm out on T.Y. Hilton in round four. I've been in, I've been in big all draft season on Julian Edelman. I could maybe adjust that down a little bit with Gordon coming in, but I'm not sure. That might actually help Edelman in that offense before pre Josh Gordon return, it was going to be all you can eat for Julian Edelman this season, especially in any type of half point or full point PPR. One of the very undervalued players in fantasy in the mid rounds of drafts, speaking for somebody who spent time at Patriots camp this summer and evaluated that offense and that wide receiver core. So still maybe bump him down a little bit with Gordon coming back, but still a guy I have a lot of appeal for me personally there. And then, I think it's interesting, Alex. I, these are two guys have been watching their ADPs closely. It's been very, two very difficult players for me to sort through. I love Chris Godwin. I saw him down at Bucks camp uh, here for a couple of days. We love him. I know you love him. I know you've had him just a slight hair ahead. But I've kind of keep coming back to Tyler Lockett at value in this ra- in this round in this range yeah, of draft, so Alex, as a really nice wide receiver at this juncture. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. And of course, you know, the, probably the guy, the guys who I'm fading, I'm not taking a quarterback like Deshaun Watson here. And then Kenny Galladay, I, I just, I can't, I can't stand to take Kenny Galladay over, you know, over a Tyler Lockett or, over, you know, certainly over like a Robert Woods or, as you mentioned, the Chris Godwins or, or um, some of the others. Just because, I mean, we've seen Kenny Galladay whenever he had you know golden tate out of there and marvin jones out of there and he had his opportunity to be an alpha and he just kind of reminded you a little bit of Cortland sutton last year he didn't he didn't step up to the opportunity whenever it was whenever it was presented for him and you know i, I kind of view those players as similar types of uh, prospects and similar types of you know proto proto like as far as the archetype of player big sort of old school x wide receivers that can dominate at the catch point and they can can win in the close corners and down in the red zone. And you can just get Cortland Sutton for just such a discount over Kenny Galladay. And it, it, it could be a lower calorie version of, of Kenny Galladay for sure, but I don't find myself getting much of that guy at all. He's, he's, he's got to fall to really good value for me. Um, okay, round – was that round – so this, is, this, this will be round five. Cooper Cup, Mark Ingram, Tyler Boyd, Aaron Rodgers, O.J. Howard, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley – Evan Ingram, DJ Moore, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Ryan. Again, for me, quarterbacks are out of the question at this point, so I'm not getting any of those guys at all. But one that I'm not getting very much of here in this – I'll tell you, I'm getting a ton of Mark Ingram and a ton of Tyler Boyd. I really love this range for those guys. Um, Sometimes you can get, you know, Tyler Boyd and Mark Ingram at the four or five turns. Sometimes you can get those – sometimes you can get Tyler Boyd at the end of the fifth, and sometimes Mark Ingram slips to the sixth in PPR. So uh, a lot of exposure to those guys. Mark Ingram, I just love the opportunities that he'll have in a Lamar Jackson offense wherever, you know, when when that defensive end can't crash down on Mark Ingram on those dive plays in the zone read game, that – Mark, you know, Mark Ingram doesn't even. Mark Ingram can create on his own without the block setting things up. Just imagine when the block set things up, and there's a number advantage inside. I think that that's something that they'll go back to early and often, and through the course of a game, can really, really stack up. Mike Williams is a guy who I'm just, I'm not even considering in this range, just because I think that the touchdown numbers from last year 
necessarily are going to have to come down with the return of Hunter Henry, who, you know, I just, I would rather have Hunter Henry for the cheaper price, especially with these premium tight ends going off the board so early uh, in these next couple rounds, we'll be able to peel off these, you know, Hunter Henry types. And I'm more interested in going back to him than I am in going to Mike Williams. What about you? Well, that's, I understand that rationale that you prefer to own Hunter Henry and that you're not going to be on, on multiple players from the same team. That makes sense. However, maybe big picture, I think you might have at least a small blind spot to Mike Williams. I'm, I'm actually fairly interested in Mike Williams in this round. I like him about as much as I like a Calvin Ridley for different reasons. He's a burgeoning young player, and I really like him if Melvin Gordon misses time early really really like him in that situation so the touchdown numbers may come down he's still going to persist as one of the better red zone threats on that team i just don't think we've seen the best out of mike williams yet people undersell his versatility he is like a bigger keenan allen in many 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 ways he's not a traditional x he's like nowhere the near as smooth as uh, keenan allen he's, yeah, he can't I, run routes like you, okay all right well i've been to camp i've been well, to camp. i've seen i've seen both of the i've seen both of these players live too though I mean, it, it, I know you've been to that camp, you've been around, but I mean, I've, scout, I've scouted both these guys live with my own two eyes. And did he even run routes? We'll have to go back and see. I'm telling you, Mike Williams is a slick, he's a bigger guy. He's, nobody's as slick as Keenan Allen. I don't want to say he's, he is Keenan Allen. He's to the, he is more in that mold than people give him credit for. I, I predicted that from camp last year. I think people thought it maybe it was a bit of a joke. And you saw it when he really started to rear his head as the season progressed. He did it with versatility. He's not just the big X you trot out there. He's not even in the same physical category as somebody like Cortland Sutton if you line those two guys up next to each other. So I think he's a solid play. Whether you're getting a ton of value or not, maybe not. Mike Williams, I believe, is a solid play. I'm not going to be overexposed to him there, but I think average exposure to Mike Williams – in my opinion, is fine in that round. From PPR perspective, Alex, probably less so, right? You know, a little more in a standard setting there. And then for me... I like him better in standard. I do like him better in standard. For me, it only enriches my case here that, you know, the most expensive guy in this entire round, I'm an original Cooper Cup enthusiast, but I've got the full-on fade for the Golden Sun this year, Alex. Oh, that's... Yeah, I, I haven't gotten much Cooper Cup either. It just seems like he's not really falling in line with my draft plans um, but we certainly always will love Cooper Cup here at, at here at Roster Watch. We were original truthers, and it paid off for us greatly. I, I, I hope the fade doesn't hurt us this year because I'm not getting much of him either. Let's move on to round six here. Hunter Henry, Alshon Jeffrey, Philip Lindsay, A.J. Green, Duke Johnson, Jarvis Landry, Robbie Anderson, Tevin Coleman, Josh Gordon, James White, Carson Wentz, and Miles Sanders. There's a lot that I'm fading in this area, Byron, and a lot that I really like. I'm getting no Miles Sanders. I just I think it's even though now we're looking at the back of round six, I still think it feels a little bit rich for a dude who, at best, we're going to get coming down the stretch towards the end of the season. Like you said earlier, you want to pay your interest on these players later in the season, not early in the season when you want to be stacking up wins and getting yourself in a spot to deal from a position of strength whenever we want to get into these trades in round three and round four. I'm sorry, in week three and week four with some of these losing owners in our leagues. Um, not getting that much Tevin Coleman, although you've made an, you've made some interesting points about him. Um, 
maybe getting a little bit more here in recent days since we've had our conversation about just how good San Francisco's strength of schedule is for opposing running backs. You can find that, of course, at rosterwatch.com, our proprietary measurements there for that. No no Robbie Anderson for me. Um, much more interested in Jamison Crowder. Just the slate of cornerbacks that he's set to face is just far too much. But what I do, I love Hunter Henry in this round. Duke Johnson's starting to get pretty expensive in this round, Byron. Um I was liking him in round eight, you know, mid-round six. It's starting to feel a little bit kind of high. But um, with, that, with, with, with that said, I, I think that there still could be some interest. And then, of course, Josh Gordon uh, here at the 6-7 turn. Uh, Ooh, that's also, recent. It's getting a, little, getting, getting a little more expensive. Can you rise but, precipitously? I think you can only fall precipitously. Well, I think precipitous has to do with doesn't have to do with invoking the sort of the um, image of precipitation coming down. Yeah, when things precipitate, yeah, I think they come down, they turn so, to yeah. salt, or they turn from gas to liquid. I think it means so they like, fall. They succumb. I wonder what comes to, to the forces of gravity. Precipitous. As the, as, the, as the specific density uh, rises. Antonyms of precipitous. Uh, let's see here. Synonyms and so precipitous means. Um, so well, I don't know. I mean, this says what you could say. Like you could say, you could say quick or rapid. You know, that doesn't really make too much sense. Precipitous, soon regretted, or precipitous actions and inter- Acting or done with excessive or careless speed is what this says precipitous means on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So maybe you could say precipitous is could count for an upward motion. This is a podcast about the English language and diction, after all. Very good. Um, I've been Anything getting a else here in this round, or yeah, I've been slow. getting a little bit of Jarvis Landry. Been getting zero Philip Lindsay. If I'm going to get in at all on the Broncos backfield, is maybe on Royce later, but overall probably pretty much hands off on that situation. Just other guys I like in the rounds that those fellows go in maybe a little bit better. I'm with you on Tevin Coleman. I mean, that is a guy I actually want some exposure to right now. Josh Gordon, too expensive for me. I'm probably out. I share some of the same concerns with you about Miles Sanders, Alex, but I actually have started to get my first little beginnings of at least well, some. Because he's starting to be, because he's starting to fall into a relative, uh, 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 almost a reasonable area to dip your toe in. I admit that he's starting. I, to I like dipping my toe in on occasion. I want a, t- I want a fraction of Miles Sanders in my portfolio this season. Round. Let's move on to round seven here, which begins with Jared Cook, Tariq Cohen, Christian Kirk, Russell Wilson, D.D. Westbrook. Cam Newton, Kenyon Drake, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Latavius Murray, Drew Brees, and Sammy Watkins. And for this one, it's easy for me. I mean, I I, I love getting Christian Kirk. I know people are worried about his preseason usage. I don't care. I don't think that we've seen what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do with that offense at all. I think that they're hiding a lot of their uh, intentions for the start of the season. And uh, Curtis Samuel and Latavius Murray, I can just almost count on it like clockwork, getting those guys at the 7-8 turn. Latavius Murray is... In in line, and he was signed to be a guy. Who, I mean, as much as we hate him, he has been one of the better goal linebacks in the league over the course of the last three years. That's just that's an un, undeniable fact. And there's a lot of teams that just sort of see him that way. I think that he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna snipe some touchdowns from Alvin Kamara. And if Alvin Kamara were ever to get hurt, 
Man, oh man, we have an RB1 on our hands there in Latavius Murray. And then Curtis Samuel, of course, we talked all about him. You can go back and listen to the camp breakdowns from when you were at Panthers camp. But Curtis Samuel is my wide receiver three and sometimes wide receiver four in a lot of these drafts. Feels awfully nice. Yeah, some players here I'm not touching. Some players here I'm moderately concerned I have a blind spot to. First and foremost, I see Russell Wilson in this round, and I'm just astonished. I think he may be one of the most overvalued quarterbacks in all of fantasy football. I would never take a quarterback this in this I'm round. Not, no quarterbacks at all, but I'm very low on Russell Wilson this season. I want nothing to do with him. There's, I've got him pushed way below a whole other suite of late-round quarterbacks. I just much prefer at this point. D.D. Westbrook, a player I'm a little bit concerned. I have a blind spot, too, just because of so much hype elsewhere in the industry. I can't buy in this rich i don't buy the narrative to the extent that it's being sold however you know looking back and kind of sorting through things i you know it's fair to say he could emerge as the wide receiver one or two a or you know the lead guy from in a the, volume standpoint i think for, he's, he's probably the odds on favorite yeah so and that that's not that could that will be a contributing player in fantasy what's the upside of the guy like dd man i I have a hard time it's re- believing it's really as astronomical as it needs to be for his ADP to be where it's at. So not much exposure there, but a guy I'm maybe mildly concerned about, obviously hands off Kenyon Drake, mildly concerned. I have a blind spot to Will Fuller. I've been out. I'm just out on that situation. It may be nonsensical, but yeah, there's other guys here. I just like more. I mean, I, I love the guys that you brought up and Samuel and Murray, Alex, and then hands off. Sammy Watkins. I want no piece of that. Byron, do you know what I love more than even getting Latavius Murray and Curtis Samuel at the 7-8 turn in my PPR leagues this year? What, Alex? MyBookie.ag. It's a new football season. Antonio Brown is now a Raider. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. And Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games, MyBookie. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. From wagers on college football action to odds on the presidential election, MyBookie truly has something fun for everyone. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, MyBookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Yeah, and you know, Byron and I will both be in that super contest. Only $100 as opposed to the $1,500 one there in Las Vegas that you have to go to Las Vegas and go through all the hoops to turn in yourself or hire some proxy service to turn in yourself. None of that stuff at mybookie.ag. I would only recommend a service to my listeners, to Roster Watch Nation, that is proven. And that is mybookie because it is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. Mybookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy football guys out there everybody listening to this podcast you can even bet on the over under about how many fantasy points a player will score each game awesome props that we are going to dominate this year at mybookie.ag up to one thousand dollars for a first deposit bonus 
Double your first deposit up to $1,000, but you have to, guys, you have to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R. Use promo code ROSTER in all caps to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That is MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R. And when you're creating your account, claim the bonus. Use promo code ROSTER, MyBookie.ag, bet, win. Get paid. All right, so on to round eight. And as I'm looking at this round, I mean, this we start to see our first defense come off the board, which is absolutely cockamamie. But this is what you don't realize is, like, people are going to do cockamamie shit in your draft, and good players are going to fall to you because of it. This round is not a round where I have much interest in any of these players, though, Byron. I'm always hoping that some of those seventh-round guys that we talked about earlier might um, might fall to me or – I might be just reaching for some of these players that are going like more like the ninth round because this round goes like this. Corey Davis, Austin Eckler, Chicago Bears defense, Darius Geis, Jared Goff, Sterling Shepard, Royce Freeman, Marvin Jones, Vance McDonald, Larry Fitzgerald, Matt Breida, and Rashad Penny. I think of all those guys, I mean, clearly, Darius Geis is a golden son, and I've enjoyed getting him in the eighth round in some of these most recent mocks after I've gotten him up post that week three preseason game where he did look very effective and certainly a guy who I think that most people believe is poised to eventually take over at some point in the season as the primary back there instead of Adrian Peterson they're going to have to run the football they're built to run the football they have a good defensive line they need to win with their defense and with running the football we saw that that was the prescription for them last year I think we're going to see it again this year and I think that at some point Darius guys just has to distance himself I'm not getting anybody in this round with the exception of one. And this player is one that I've been cooling on in recent days or recent weeks, but in the half point PPR format it has become clear that occasionally Corey Davis is a relevant wide receiver three option at this point in the draft. I just hate Corey Davis. I, I hate this whole round. Let's move on here to round nine. So that goes 97 through 108. Uh, and we'll go 10 rounds. And then after that, we'll just kind of talk about some players that we like for late round flyers. Um, this is Jordan Howard, Emmanuel Sanders, David Njoku. Dante Pettis has just fallen. The Rams defense, Daryl Henderson, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Eric Ebron, Kyler Murray, Jacksonville Jaguars defense, Geronimo Allison and Cortland Sutton. Man, people start taking defenses heavily in rounds eight and nine, and that's just something that I've put out of my mind because I've only been doing these expert leagues and industry leagues and stuff like this. You look at these draft wizard ADPs and you realize that the Joe public out there is still going through these mocks and deciding that the consensus is start taking these guys in round seven, round eight, round nine. I think it's standard if you get in trouble – you can poke around Jordan Howard in this round as a little bit of a life preserver, at least at the beginning of the season, to help you get out of the gate while you try to sort your running back situation out. Otherwise, I'm basically passing on this entire round. And as a matter of fact, looking at it, if I was in a draft where I can trade my draft picks, I would just trade the hell out of this round. <laughs> yeah, right. And, or just, you know, we'll just hope somebody falls or, you know, I think Kyler Murray is probably probably fine um he's getting a little bit too expensive i liked him a lot much a lot better when we were getting him in the 11th round um that guy though he could be a he could be a i don't, I don't want to say a league winner but he could be a really important piece for you if things pan out to the to the level that 
your most positive expectations could imagine. You know, like he could be a real difference maker. I also have been getting a good bit of Marquez Valdez Scantling. I think that's a fine pick here. He looks like he's basically locked into the number two role there in an Aaron Rodgers offense. And Byron, I know that you've been predicting Aaron Rodgers regression now for some time. And I, I mean, I can, he was QB 12 last year. I, I mean, and, and I can understand it, but you got to remember that last year, how unhappy he was and how bad he said the offense sucked and how he said that he was changing plays. It was so disjointed. And, and, so Matt LaFleur's crappy offense from Tennessee is, <laughs> is the panacea. Well, but that's the thing is he's, is, 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 is he's letting Aaron Rodgers do, be, be Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's something to be said for letting Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. Wearing so, a Canadian tuxedo to work. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, uh, final round here that we'll go through player by player. Um, this will be round 10. So who do you like? Uh, Austin Hooper, Jameis Winston, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Jackson, Kalen Balage, Minnesota Vikings defense, Baltimore Ravens defense, Dante Moncrief, Los Angeles Chargers defense, Darwin Thompson, Greg Zerline, kicker, and Anthony Miller. What are you thinking? Oh, cockamamie round, huh? Too many defenses yeah. going too damn early. I'm always a little bit interested in the golden son, Anthony Miller, at the very end. Uh, have obviously been getting you guys that have followed us know that we've been getting, you know, good amount of exposure to Kalen Balazs throughout this entire process. Um, Alex, but when I look at that man, Lamar Jackson is just my guy, man. I am a big, I'm all of a sudden a big Ravens fan. I love (laughs) that offense. I love that team. I love what they're doing out there. We'll see if it works out. I'm very excited to watch it unfold. The 2019 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy football players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft, is guaranteed. It's magical, it's mystical, it's mythical! The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, only at rosterwatch.com. All right, so the people want some late round picks. They want their picks to help them win their fantasy football leagues down the stretch, Byron. So let's talk about some of these late round players that go in rounds 11 and beyond. Um, As I sort of look down this list, a few that really stand out to me uh, ADP of 138 overall Tony Pollard I mean until Zeke gets back into camp Tony Pollard it seems like as wild as it seems man Tony Pollard fits the bill with the size and the speed and the ability to catch the football out of the backfield to fill in for Zeke Elliott on a not on a one-for-one basis with the same level of efficiency but in virtually the same role um it's all just going to depend on whether Jerry and Zeke and, and you know, Zeke's representation, whether they can, um, they can come to an impasse here or if they can get out of this impasse. And you, you come to an impasse. You come to an impasse, but that's bad. If they can come to a resolution here, um, obviously that would make Tony Pollard only valuable as a pure handcuff to Zeke Elliott, but one of the top handcuffs in the league as far as I'm concerned. A little bit of interest here at 144 also in Devin Singletary of Buffalo. I really like the way that he's looked in the preseason, currently going with an ADP of 144, so with a 12th, 13th round turn. 
Um, we know that LaShawn McCoy can get banged up. Frank Gore will never die and he'll never get banged up, but he's so old. Who even knows what's going to happen with TJ Yeldon in that backfield? Devin Singletary is a dude who the Athletic uh, interviewed 15 Buffalo Bills players uh, last week about the player in camp that had impressed them the most. And virtually every answer was either Devin Singletary or Cole Beasley. So those are two Couple guys that we should pips, yeah, yeah, those are two guys we should maybe. You, you, I love Devin Singletary's tape, but you can never forget there is a high probability he could be like a you know a real juiced up version of Jaquiz Rogers. No, that's that, true. Yeah. That's the frame he's got, man. I like Jamison Crowder here at pick 147 as far as ADP. I, I, I think he'll be the leading receiver as far as receptions for the uh, New York Jets next year. Justice Hill at pick 151. Uh, pretty interesting to me if he could eventually ascend to becoming um, – he could be the 1B to Mark Ingram there. I think that could be something that could occur fairly easily. And if we're going to go real, real deep here – I don't want to take away any of your Thunder buyer, and I know you're going to choose that guy. No, oh, man, you, you go for it. We like all the same guys here. I mean, you just keep going. Alexander Madison at 182. I mean, he could almost uh, – the, the likelihood is that Dalvin Cook will probably miss. Even if we get a great year out of Dalvin Cook, he, he probably could still miss, like, what, two and a half games over under. Um, Alexander Madison could have could be a good guy to kind of have on your bench in case something like that were to – something like that were to happen. And my final one here at 186 is Debo Samuel. I mean, he was better the minute he walked in there to that San Francisco 49ers wide receiver room than Dante Pettis. It's no surprise to me that Dante Pettis has been falling out of favor. Debo Samuel this year, I'm not saying he could be a, a league winner, not saying he could be that big of a game changer for you, but he could certainly be a player that you're happy that you have on your bench, you're happy to see ascend. And if you don't manage to get him in during the bye weeks, whenever he's starting to come on, I think during the time when he starts to come on, and he will, he could be a dude that you package and trade for an upgrade on in your starting lineup as you begin to consolidate some of that depth as we like to do at roster watch as we round into playoff form. What do you got? I like, I like all of those, man. I like all of the backup running backs. Let me ask you at this point, if you're not a Zeke Elliott owner, do you like Tony Pollard more or less than a Ronald Jones? I probably like him a until Zeke comes back, I like him much more than Ronald Jones. Once Zeke comes back, I think I like Ronald Jones more. Best case scenario for Justice Hill is the Alvin Kamara type role that you outlined as a compliment, a Robin to Mark Ingram's Batman. Did I not ever mention Darwin Thompson? Where is he on this list? Where is he getting drafted right now? Yeah, so he, I should have mentioned Darwin Thompson as, as well. Um, Bo, but he was, he's, actually, oh, he's actually going in, in round 10. So I should have mentioned him in our round 10 breakdown. Darwin Thompson's a guy who, who I'm interested in. Just wanted to make sure and get that in. Make sure I didn't forget that guy in case he goes absolutely ham, which he looks capable of doing. Yeah, then I'm out on the other side of the Jets wide receiver situation. I really, really like Quincy Anunua for cheaper than any of them for free at the end of your draft, especially in any kind of standard or half-point PPR. I mean, he's the legit wide receiver, too on a burgeoning offense with a quarterback that's making progress, he's going to get quite a bit of action. That is a big body player. He looks good out there. So I like Quincy Inunua very, very late. If they ever go to two wide receiver set, when Herndon comes back, he'd, he'd likely be the other starter out there opposite of Robbie Anderson. 
So his snap counts should be good. Uh, you know, the bill that I wonder if people have been sleeping on a little bit, Alex, is maybe getting Zay Jones for cheaper than John Brown a little bit later. I don't think you're going to be able to rely on any of those guys and with regularity on a weekly basis. But I don't hate the idea of Zay Jones with Robert Foster apparently out of the picture in a second-year connection with a guy like Josh Allen. There could be something there. And then also James Washington, a player that I've had to start pushing up the board. 